Welcome back to Catalyst, the CLS West podcast. My name is Thad Risto, and I serve as the West Students Intern here at City Light West. And today, for our week four of our summer series, we are not going to be doing a scripture study like usual. What we're actually going to be doing today is listening to an interview with Colt Wakefield, who used to be our uh, lead worship uh, resident at Students, but now uh, Colt has transitioned into the Salt Company by leading at the as a Salt Company worship resident. Um, so today, uh, Colt and I are going to discuss uh, the theology of worship, and also learn uh, a bit more about who Colt is and what made him feel called into worship ministry. So yeah, we are going to jump right into the message. Um, well, hey, Colt, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I appreciate uh, you doing this. Um, could you tell the, the listeners, um, students and parents who are listening right now, uh, what, where, where did you get your start here at City Light? Uh, how did you get to City Light? What, what, where did you start and how did you transition into the calling into worship ministry? Yeah, so, uh, well, Dad, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on here. Um, so for my story, uh, I came to City Light when I went to college. I went to UNO uh, in the year 2014. I uh, got plugged into City Light in the what then was a college ministry called City Light U. Um, and coming into college, I was incredibly unmusical. <laughs> um, I The only instrument that I would say that I played was the recorder for all of you uh, public school people out there. I could play a mean hot cross buns. Um, and I was... And not a good singer. Like I was, could sing Garth Brooks. That's about all I could sing. So uh, I would not call myself musical coming into college uh, and coming into that. I was a believer before that, um, but definitely God used college to call me deeper into relationship with him. Uh, I didn't really feel called into worship ministry at all until um, after my freshman year of college, I went to uh, South Africa on a mission trip and um I was basically one of the people, uh, the leaders there prophesied over me and said like that I had a heart that was desiring to worship God and that mm. I was a uh, going to lead people in worship, but I had been holding it back. And when I actually let myself worship the Lord, I will lead others to also worship the Lord. Wow. I didn't know what that means because <laughs> I was very unmusical. Again, I didn't play an instrument. I didn't do anything. And so I didn't know what that meant. Uh, so then came back, was just kind of into my sophomore year, uh, still not pursuing um, worship. But at the end of the year, I uh, was getting ready to go on a year-long mission trip uh, called the World Race. Uh, that's where you go to 11 countries in 11 months. That's a very different story um, for another time. But uh, in that, they needed a worship leader for the trip. No one else could do something. And me being the uh, Enneagram 7 that I am, I'm like, I'll do it. Um, so I took up guitar, uh, spent about two months learning guitar and learning how to kind of not suck at singing, uh, and then left on this trip and was the worship leader for it. That was um, just to fill a need and didn't really realize that that was actually fulfilling kind of the prophecy, prophetic thing that was over wow. top of me. Um, so led worship on that, did it wrong a lot of the times, mm -hmm. did it right some of the time. Um, but yeah, God used that uh, to lead others to worship. Um, I got back, um, married my now wife uh, shortly after I got back, Emily, which 
was also we met on that mission trip to South Africa. Funny nice. story. So a lot of cool things wow. came out of that. Um, married her, uh, and after we got married, we both came on to staff at City Light. We were both plugged in still. Uh, we both came on to staff at City Light as uh, kids ministry interns together at nice. our West location, like right after we opened up. Um, wow. And within that, again, there was a need to uh, lead worship for it. And um, so I was like, I can play guitar and I can sing. And why not lead children in that? Wow. Uh, the children are a very fun, a fun group to lead in worship. Uh, and so started leading with that. Um, God used that to grow me a lot in just my leadership skills of how to not just sing songs, but how to call people into worship. Because if you can't call a child <laughs> to worship the Lord, you're not going to call an adult to That's worship true. the Lord. Um, so learned a lot through that. And then after my two-year internship, uh, our worship pastor, Will, uh, Willie, uh, our West worship pastor, I should say, he kind of noticed that kind of a calling and a gifting called me into it. I started worship residency. Uh, after my internship was in the worship leader for students for two years in a residency and now uh, kind of transitioned into salt worship. So that's, awesome. yeah, that's where I come from. I did not come from always thinking I was going to be a worship leader. Yeah, so. that's a that's a crazy story about how you got here. <laughs> like, who knew, like, back then, like, going back to tell your old self, your younger self, like, hey, you're going to be leading worship. Yeah. Like, he's going to be like, no. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Um, thanks for sharing that. Um, so kind of going more into, like, the theology of worship, um, I guess what I want listeners to walk away with in this episode is why is it important to worship God? Um, why, especially, like, what is worship? Of course, worship is yeah. anything you do to glorify God. Yeah. Um, but specifically in singing and um, praising Him in songs, um, why is it important to worship Him that way? Yeah. Um, I just want to get your thoughts. Yeah. So uh, just starting off with the theology of what the word worship means. Worship, uh, worship in in itself is a response to something uh, and to, to give glory, to ascribe worth to something. Uh, we say if something is worthy, we're saying it is worth something to us. Like if something is worthy of my $5, if that Starbucks drink is worthy of my $5, I will pay that $5 yeah. to receive that Starbucks drink. So that's a dumb analogy. But um, if God is worth what we say he is worth, he is worthy of our worship, which is giving any action, word, song uh, to him that says you are worth this action. You are worth this response. So worship is a response that we have, and it's not an unnatural thing to do. Mm -hmm. Worship is a natural thing we do all the time. Mm -hmm. We just don't realize that we're doing it because we have put worship in a box of singing songs on Sunday mornings or on a Wednesday night. So when you think of worship as the response that we have to something of immense worth or value that we have, um, you know, that we, that we assign that value to, mm -hmm. it broadens the picture and kind of makes us think like, oh, what am I actually worshiping through my life? Because your entire life, 
what you're devoted to, what you spend your time doing, what you sing songs about, not just on a Sunday, but what you what songs you sing in the car matter. It's describing worth and things that you value. Um, so yeah, wor- worship is what we truly do naturally in response to greatness, what we do in response to things that we love, desire, uh, and see worthy of our time, our talent, and our treasure. So wow. that's why we always say giving is a way that we worship the Lord. Yep. Like we're not singing while we give, but it's a way that we are ascribing value to mm. something. Giving is that serving is a way to worship the Lord. Um, so yeah, it is much more broad than singing, but for the sake of this, we can narrow it down to singing and why that actually matters um, to get to the second part of that question. So we, we're we all very musical. Like God created music um, as a way for us to pour out our hearts to him uh, and to give more meaning than just words. So me talking right here, I can convey joy or sadness or excitement through my tone, but I can convey so much more of what I actually feel in my heart if I put it to music. I can I can convey deeper emotions that can't be put into words through music and through uh, melody. And I can tell a story, not just through my words, but through a melody. That's why you, you think of instrumental music, mm-hmm. Like I listen to John Williams or, you know, somebody um, like listen to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. You know, you can feel the story through music without words. And then within worship, you combine those words with music. There's so much more from our hearts that we can convey to God that we can pour out that is lacking if we just, let's say, said words. Mm. And so I think we can, we can see this modeled for us. David did this. Um, you think of the Psalms, that's, it's an entire book of Saul of, um, hymns and songs and, uh, you know, like huge choirs and bands and these orchestras, um, and poems that we see, um, that were used to communicate with God Mm. and to, as a group lead our hearts to worship him, to rest in him, to come to uh, greater conclusions about who he is and how to respond to him. Um, And throughout the Bible, we're, and especially in the Psalms, we're commanded to sing to the Lord. Uh, Like you think of, um, I can't remember which Psalm psalm it is, uh, throughout a a lot of times, David says, sing to the Lord a new song. Uh, Ascribe to him uh, of his great worth. So we see that specifically within music and within song, God calls us to use the tool that he has given us for our enjoyment as well, but to use that tool to bring him um, worship, the worship that he deserves because of who he is. Mm -hmm. So worship is a response. Again, musical worship, we're called to respond and to sing back the the truths of who God is, to sing the condition of our hearts, whether that is, God, I love you right now, or God, I am struggling. Mm -hmm. I am, like, you think of 
David more times than he said, God, this is awesome. He said, I am lowly. I am hurt. I am afflicted. Mm. Remind me of who you are. I know these things to be true. Remind mm. me that they are true. Mm. Let me feel you. And so, like, musical worship is the cry of our hearts. Um, and whether whether you say that you are musical or not, I don't think God is just calling people who are musical to you know, ascribe glory to him through mm-hmm. musical worship. Yeah. Um, we, whether you think you're musical or not, like, you know, all the words to Bohemian Rhapsody. Like <laughs> when that comes on, yeah. like people are like, here we go. <laughs> like <laughs> we're going in. Um, so we are musical as a people. And I think we, in worship, our desire is to use that thing that God has given us Mm -hmm. to give worship back to him. Um, Does that, I I feel like I rambled. No, that answers (laughs) the question perfectly. I I really liked your answer. That's a cry from our heart of why we uh, worship him in a musical way. I mean, what would you say, like, should students be, or people be discouraged if they can't sing? Like, uh, during worship, like if they feel insecure about singing, yeah. like, do they have to sing? Do they have to like all that? Or just what, what's an encouragement you could give to those yeah. who feel discouraged? Yeah. So an encouragement is I was there. Like I was in your spot of like, I thought I was such a bad singer that I couldn't sing mm. like, or I just should sing quietly. Um, my mom tells me all the time, like, I'll, like I'll be worshiping, and she's next to me, just kind of like standing there, mm-hmm. and it bothers me. And I'll, I'll like say something to her, I'm like, "Why are, why aren't you actually singing? Like, our God is awesome. Like, why aren't you singing?" She's like, "I'm in. I don't want people to hear me." Mm. And I think that's a reflection of our own hearts being focused on us. Mm. So. I'm, I can't do this well enough, so I'm not going to let my heart be poured out in gratitude or in song or in worship. Mm. Um, it, I, again, like it's focusing all the attention on us when we say, I can't do this well enough, so I can't worship the Lord through it. Mm. Um, that might be a, a kind of pointed way to, of saying it. That might be a little on the nose. Um, but, but truly when you boil it down, that's what it is. Um, but I don't want anybody to feel discouraged by that. I want you to be encouraged that God calls us in all of our, in all of our inadequacies. You may feel inadequate to sing to the Lord. You may feel inadequate to serve the Lord in any which way you're like, I, I may not be a gifted evangelist, but does the Lord call you to share the gospel with the people around you, even if you're doing it not perfectly. Absolutely. He calls you into that. He calls us to do things that we're not perfect at to show how good he is. I think of Paul when he says, I will boast in my weaknesses all the more to show the immense worth of our Lord, to show how he fills in all of the gaps. So if, if we look at ourselves and say, I just can't sing. I'm bad at singing. You're not letting 
the Lord meet you in that space and say, you don't have to be an amazing singer for me to worship you. And a lot of that I know comes from, I don't want the person in, like, I don't care if God hears me sing. Yeah. I don't want the person <laughs> next to me hearing me sing because they're going to not have fun. Like <laughs> I think of every Sunday morning, whenever Chris is out West, I sit kind of right behind him and guys, Chris is not a good singer. He is so bad. It's like, oh, it's just like gravelly, you know, yeah, yeah. like it's, it's not good. People it can kind of sound like cats dying. Well, no, no student is going to get this reference, but it's kind of like DMX, you know, that uh, rapper yeah. from the nineties, you, all of you kids who were born in the two thousands will understand that. Maybe your parents are listening to this. You'll get it. Like, it's like if DMX was singing worship songs, you know, it's like just kind of gravelly mm -hmm. gritty and like, it could be a rap in some ways, but you know, um, He's not an amazing singer is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. But he, the way that he sings from his heart matters. Yeah. Like I think of kids when they sing. They'll sing these songs incredibly loud, out of, out of tune, like completely off pitch. And they don't give a crap. <laughs> like, yeah. it, like that's the beauty of it. It's we need to actually come to the Lord like children, not caring what anyone else around us thinks, but giving exactly what the outpouring of our hearts is in the raw way that we can actually give it. Mm. Um, so to encourage you guys to not sing because you're insecure about how you sound, I get it. It can be nerve-wracking. You think the attention's on you. Just remember the attention and the purpose of worship is not about you. Hmm. It is about who God is and about is, is he worthy of our worship? Is he worthy to have somebody else be like, man, that guy's not a good singer. Is, hmm. he, is he worth that? Because if he is, we should be able to look past our shortcomings and look past the fact that we may not be amazing singers or maybe you can't play an instrument really well, yeah. but you kind of want to, but I'm not very good. Like we can do that. Yeah. Like the Lord wants you just to move into that without being perfect. Because the point is not that you're perfect. The point is that he is perfect. Uh, that's good. So really it's like, it's your your heart posture where it is at when in worship. Are we focusing in inwardly? Or are we focusing on the God above? So with that, just like the posture that we have, like people raising their hands. I know some people feel weird about raising their hands, but yeah. I feel like that's a proper way to worship. I don't know. I think any way is a proper way of worshiping. But yeah. um, I know that you know when I first came to City Light, I was not used to that. Yeah. But then like. Uh, down the road, I just learned, you know, more about what worship was, mm -hmm. and it's coming from the heart. Like it's what you, tr like what how you explained it, truly how you feel deep inside about worshiping God. And so, like at that point, that's like that day was the day I like started raising my hands in worship and like praising God for who He is because He's worthy. What is your like take on all that? Yeah. I mean, um, well, if any of you know me, you know that I am pretty out there when it comes to worship. Like I, um, 
not out there like weird. Maybe you think it's weird, but like I, I raise my hands. I dance around. Like I, I, I let not just my voice be the worship. I let my body be the worship. And that's kind of the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we do things like, let's say, um, like our body should reflect what's happening in our hearts. Um, and it shouldn't just be a, a vocal mm-hmm. thing. Um, because not only does it say like to sing to the Lord, it also says sing and dance to yeah, the Lord. Absolutely, and that's where that's where I was actually about to go. Of okay. um, throughout throughout the Psalms, again, David David calls us to actually put our bodies into a posture. Hmm. Um, we 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 think about getting low before the Lord. Like we always think it, we we would say that and think like oh like the posture of your heart needs to be low. Like hmm. have you ever physically gotten on your knees and bowed? during worship. I have, and it's powerful. Mm. It puts you in a position that says, I need you, Jesus. I am bowing down to you. Um, like I, I'll get on my knees um, during worship on a stage and people look at me weird. Um, I don't do it frequently because it's not a show. I'm doing it because I, that's what's happening in my heart, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I'll get on my knees because it's like, I need to surrender. Willie, a lot of times, will call us, like, would you put your hands in front of you and put your palms up? That is a posture of receiving. That's a posture of, I am empty. I have nothing in my hands. All I can do is to receive your goodness and who you are. Uh, when we when we put our hands up, um, that makes me think of uh, a couple things. One is... Um, when you see a kid want to be embraced by their parent, like let's say a, like a one-year-old, they're not, they want to be picked up. Mm-hmm. What do they, what do they do? Do mm-hmm. they cross their arms in front of their mom or dad? No, they reach their arms up. They reach mm-hmm. out. And so whenever I'm like reaching my hands above my head, whenever I'm reaching out, have my arms out to the side, like that's me reaching out for the presence of God mm-hmm. physically having a posture of reaching toward the Lord. And then the second that brings me, uh, that makes me think of as a secular thing. Um, it, when you go to a concert mm. and the band is like playing your favorite song, what are you doing with your hands? Hands are raised. Yeah. Your hands are above your head. They are, they're flailing to the beat. You might be clapping. You're doing something physically. You're probably jumping up and down. Like, you're excited. Mm-hmm. Like that is a natural posture that you have. Yeah. So I think of how can we not just say that that's not, that's a secular thing. Like, no, the Lord purposed that feeling and that desire to raise your arms in agreement with a song because you feel it, because you are moved by it, because you are compelled. You're, you're essentially worshiping. Like you're ascribing value to either that song or what that song represents. So in the same way, when we're worshiping on a Sunday or in students or in our homes, in our rooms, if you have personal worship, uh, which is a practice that I think everyone should do is worship alone. Absolutely. Um, To put yourself in a posture 
that reflects what your heart is doing. If you have immense joy, let your hands do that. Like, let your hands go up. Like, fist pump. I don't know. Like, I fist pump sometimes when during worship. You might think that's weird, but I don't. Like, clap your hands. Like, I don't... Maybe you can't clap on beat. That's fine. Clap your hands if it's what the Lord leads you to do. If you just need to be alone, sit down during worship and reflect during a song. Like, that's worship. Get on your knees. Like, pray during worship. Like, let a song be in the background and pray to the Lord. Like, let your heart actually just overflow, not just in your voice, not just what you're singing, but let it also show in your body. Um, and I think as we engage our, we always talk about it comes from the heart first. Yeah. A lot of times in worship, I'm not in that place. Like mm-hmm. my heart isn't there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what I do when I worship is I'm going to sing and I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to put my body in a posture to remind my heart mm-hmm. of what is true. It goes both ways. It is both an outpouring of our hearts and worship also serves as a reminder to who God is to us, not just in a broad sense, but to us. That's good. So worship is a, is also a tool to uh, lead us to reliance and dependence on the Lord. That's good. That's super good. Awesome. Well, I, we're about 25 minutes in. Yeah. (laughs) Um, longer one sorry no you're good no this is wonderful i love hearing you speak about it because it's just really inspiring and motivating to worship better (laughs) i don't know any other topics you want to expand on or um just in what you just said so like it's encouraging to worship better like that that phrase better Mm -hmm. a lot of times we just think like be more good at something like be more proficient in something And I think the point is authentic. I want you to worship authentically. Like how your heart naturally responds um, when you're giving worth to something, when you are worshiping something, because you do it uh, regardless of if it's the Lord or not, you know. And we all do this. Is not just to be more proficient at singing is not just to be better about raising my hands or putting my body in a posture um, of worship. It's about how genuine can I let the overflow of my heart be? If you truly worship the Lord by just sitting down and closing your eyes and not singing and just listening to a song, do that. Mm. If you truly worship better by raising your hands and declaring the truths of God to remind your own heart, do that. If you truly just worship the the Lord more authentically by going in your room alone and putting a song on and laying down on your bed, please do that. Like the point is that our hearts are authentically giving value to the Lord, authentic, authentically uh, overflowing of what we either currently believe and know to be true or authentically asking the Lord, show me that you are this. Show me that you are good. Show me that you are worthy. Show me that you are with me and mm-hmm. present. And those songs will serve as reminders. So authentically let your heart pour out. 
the way that you naturally do. And then just take a, just kind of take a few days and notice the ways that you respond to good news and to bad news Mm -hmm. and to things that you're excited about, things that scare you. What does your body do? What does your, what does your voice do? What sounds do you make? Do you like, maybe you don't say yippee, but like, (laughs) do you, do you like say like, yes, awesome. Like, do you yell out Mm -hmm. when things that you love happen? Like just take notes about yourself of, oh, I really just like shout out when I'm excited about something. How can I develop that in a way to, in, as a tool to worship the Lord? I, when I get sad, I have to sit down and I have to be alone and I need to be introspective. Do that in worship. Like don't just go through motions, do what actually the Lord is calling you to do because he made us all very different. He made us all respond to stimulus and uh, things in different ways. And that's the beauty of worship. There's not one correct way, but the goal is to be authentic. The goal is to let it overflow from who you actually are. Well, hey, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and were able to take something away from it to apply to your daily walk with Jesus. Our hope and vision for this podcast is that it would be used as a tool and resource for further discipleship in your home. Catalyst was created to appeal to both students and their parents, so we will be releasing a couple of episodes per week filled with talks like today, deep dives into other scripture, and equipping lessons to encourage you in your walk with the Lord. If you liked our content today, be sure to follow us on Spotify. That way you are able to stay up to date with each episode. Thanks for listening, and remember, we want you to know Jesus, grow in Him, and go out to share the good news. My name is Thad Risto, and I will see you in the next one.